Thanks for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more programs, visit BrumRadio.com. Imagine yourself as one of the crew of this faster-than-light spaceship of the future, sharing their curiosity to know the unknown, their tension, their readiness for inconceivable adventure. Baffling questions, astounding questions, that not even the world's greatest scientific minds can answer. Computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. You are listening to Geeky Brummy. Hello, and welcome to the Geeky Brummy podcast. Joining me today is Mr. Keith Bloomfield. Hello. Mr. Callan Daines. Hello. And Mr. Guy Halford is on a personal call at the moment. Hi, guys. What's up? Sell. Sell. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's a very pleasant day today. Birmingham yes. is experiencing the first heat wave that I can remember since what mid nineties. Is this an actual heat wave now? It's officially a heat wave now. Oh, okay. It's a consecutive number of days. I think it's five consecutive days where the temperature is, is over the uh, average maximum. For so the we can officially go heat wave. This yes. is our Birmingham in the sun. And for our American viewers, it is actually a heat wave for British people. We don't have an amazing invention called aircon over here in the UK. No. So our aircon is basically cracking open the window, sticking our heads out of it, and trying to breathe a little bit. I thought you were going to say cracking open the cold one, then. <laughs> well, there's that too. I mean, that does mollify the effects a little bit. Don't, don't forget, we're, we're this, the, the country that took a long time to get the refrigerator after our American <laughs> friends had had it since, like, the, before the first, Second World War, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> yeah, the Brits could have it in, what, 1950-something? Yeah, I think it might be a case that Britain might actually decide to get a heat weight... Um, Aircon at some point soon. Well, you know what the British aircon is? Yes, it's winter. <laughs> True. That's that's it. Just goes cold. Well, in the winter. it's usually spring, autumn, and winter, <laughs> and summer usually, <laughs> and usually summer. Well, we only usually have three days of sun, so it's like oh, we we'll just struggle for those three days, and then it'll be fine because it'll be cold every other day. I think they should, the um, the incumbent government should launch a new emergency situation where none of us have to go out mm-hmm. when it's this hot. Everybody stays at home. Everybody watch Netflix. 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 Is yeah. that the, it's the replacement for Netflix? Netflix yeah. I was reading a story about something to do with this earlier in the week, actually, where Spain had a national napping competition <laughs> earlier in the week. So they're trying to bring back the siesta time because it seems to have disappeared in modern culture. I thought they yeah. still had air-conditioned offices. Not anymore. Ah. But it seems to be only mainly shops that do this. That makes have, sense. Have an afternoon nap. That makes sense, thing. though, if you've got air conditioning, because yeah. the whole point was that it was too hot to work. But if you've got air conditioning, it's not yeah. too hot to work. But they're, but they're bringing back a national napping competition to, re- to restore this Spanish pastime to their national <laughs> culture. <laughs> yeah, I could I could do with that. I miss the days of nursery when you had your glass of milk and then you just had a little bit of a nap after story time. I miss the days of school where you'd only work from about 10am till about 3pm and then you'd be done for the day. What kind of school did you go to? Well, you'd turn up for nine, but like you wouldn't have lessons until like later because you'd have like an assembly first. And like... Did nobody what, this have... is why the kids these days leave school with no knowledge whatsoever. <laughs> Kind of like starting at ten o'clock in the. That's well, after it, noon. It probably cool. started like it probably started actual classes at like quarter past, half past nine, maybe. Mm-hmm. But then I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, what have you been up to this week, Mister Bloomfield? Mostly, this week I have been hot. 
I'm not not in the car. <laughs> hey, I'm not, here. Not I walked the, into um, the room at the right time. Not in the John Hamm, Keanu Reeves way. In the in the in the sweaty of, way. In the kind of unpleasant, uh, not nice way. Now I'm picturing you as like an action star, just running, uh, just casually walking away with an explosion in the background. Yeah, I, I do that. Now I'm picturing in that. like a, in that. like a very tight t-shirt, just like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Callum, yeah, yeah. calm it down or I won't yes, get to sleep it's tonight. It's hot, it's hot enough as it is. No. Maybe, maybe, a, maybe a while back. I, no, I don't have fun. Um... But hard. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just point out, Callum is so hot that his face is so shiny, he genuinely looks like Pinocchio. <laughs> it just looked like you varnished yourself this morning. I was saying earlier that he looked quite tanned. I thought yes. he looked like he'd had, had a, a good um, week of Oh, um, yeah, no, I am, very, I am very shiny. Yeah, it's getting a bit pink. You're a bit gammony. I think I'm a, a little bit sunburned. <laughs> it is rather toasty in this recording studio, so yeah, thoughtfully provided to us by Mr. Keith Bloomfield. Yeah, it is a bit warm. It does become a bit kind of. You do think, why? Why do we do this to well, ourselves? Well, guys, stripping off already. So. <laughs> He's still thinking wow. about the Keith Bloomfield. <laughs> well, I'm just wondering, like, how cold it was when Brian went. Brian. Brian, I <laughs> went left the house this morning because I'm thinking. I mean, I, I, out of principle, don't wear shorts just because mm. I, I don't. So I have a legitimate reason that I wear the same clothes, whether it's spring, I, I summer, your, autumn, your or winter. Your legs are like alabaster, just yeah. like the palest of. I, I wear exactly the only, the only, the only changeable item of clothing I have is a coat. You can tell which season it is by what type of coat I'm wearing. <laughs> That's how you tell what, what my fashion is. But Guy must have looked out the window this morning. It's going to be warm. But he's put a sweater on <laughs> or a, a cardigan uh, like over Always the top. Always take a cardigan with you. Well, I don't even own a cardigan. We need to get one. I think you'd look a I lot mean, I, think no, you'd I don't, I don't do knitwear. Cardigan. I don't do knitwear as well. It's another thing. I'm a really weird fashion kind of guy. No shorts, no knitwear. That's really odd. I think taking a cardigan with you is sensible, though. I think Guy's actually right on that one. Of like, it's just a yeah, sensible you, thing to you do. You take a cardigan, but you put it in a bag. You don't walk around oh, yeah, wearing yeah, yeah, it yeah, in definitely. thirty-two degrees of heat. Do you not have it draped over your shoulders and tied up across <laughs> your neck? <laughs> that's only from going yachting. Yeah, like a pre- I thought it was around the waist for yachts. No, it's around the shoulders. You knot it off. Okay. I mean, I've been watching Supergirl recently, and they had a thing in that about how you turn your cape into a weapon. Now, if, if you were to kind of show me a film where somebody used their cardigan as a weapon. Then I might be inclined to use a cardigan more often. Yes, but I, have, I don't buttons. recall any, any. Unless you're going to sharpen the buttons, you can't really do much with a cardi. You could, you could like use it to like well, lift somebody. Well, a cape is a good bit of length of material. A cardi's not really that. Rory, that nobody uses sleeves. the word cardi these days. No, even grandmas use the word cardi. Nobody wears a cardi <laughs> nowadays. Cardi is like lollygagging. These are words people don't use. Like we, this is the 1940s here. When, whenever, cardi. When you say cardi, it just sounds like Bacardi, like the drink. Like you're just offering cardi? As in like you're offering the student cardi. in the room? Yes. So if you don't call it a cardi, because obviously cardi's shortened from cardigan. Yes. What do you call it? Do you call it a gan? Fashion, mate. Fashion. <laughs> Bad fashion, yes. What you want about? You look like you, you like got a Popeye sailor man today. I'm wearing top. a very fashionable t-shirt. Horizontal stripes are in at the minute. Ryan the looks like. Pocket. I'm sorry, you look like you're going yachting. Like you've got the little boat shoes. I'm wearing like... deck shoes because they're practical in a hot day. Ryan looks like coming some, from somebody a man who's, who's wearing his Timberland boots. Is modelled for Jean-Paul Gaultier. <laughs> so I'd say that, but that was that was fair. I look like the plus-size Jacobo version of a Jean-Paul Gaultier model. 
Anyway, so except being hot, what else have you been up to, Keith? Um, do I admit this on the radio? Yes. In case my partner hears. Uh, obsessively buying more Micronauts comics. I kind of finished my ROM run and um, kind of thought, okay, that's enough. I've got ROM. That's that's fine. That's cool. And then you but started somehow, on the next one. Um, because I was, I'm in a, like a Micronauts Facebook group and people were like posting pictures and I was kind of like, yeah, I kind of remember reading this and really enjoying it and stuff. So, oh, look, they're on eBay. And so, yeah, I'm kind of... I'm, it's a few issues like short, not buying a, not buying a motorbike. Yeah, it's, it's my midlife of... crisis thing of just buying <laughs> lots of Marvel comics that won't be reprinted because of licensing <laughs> issues. So it's like, next, I've, I've looked at Shogun Warriors, but I've stepped away from that. Well, this is an investment, though, because these won't be ever reprinted, and there's only a limited supply, and you're going to keep good care of them. They're an investment for your children. Yeah, they, they won't care. <laughs> what the heck's this, Dad? Micronauts and Rom, what's this? <laughs> They're just going in the bin at some point. Dad, this isn't this isn't G.I. Joe or He-Man or anything like that, so why have you got it? How much is the most you've spent on one so far? Um I think two ninety nine. Oh, so you're not talking like me excessive vinyl costs purchasing. No. Okay, okay, that's, no. that's fair. I I haven't come across an issue an issue number one yet. I have seen a couple they were trying to fleece people for twenty five quid. But Guy, that's a bit excessive. What's the most expensive vinyl purchase been of the last week or two? <laughs> the last week. I love the fact that's of the last week or two. Um, ooh, you've stumped me. Um, you've put me on the spot there, Ryan. Uh, I bought an Eddie Grant record that cost me about hundred quid. Um, Whoa! Did it even have Electric Avenue on? No, it's just <laughs> that I don't wanna pay. Pay £100 for my records. <laughs> do you know, do you know wow. what the most expensive vinyl you've ever bought is? Um, I've lost track now, to be honest with you. I've, I've spent over £100 on a lot of, a lot of records. But have I've, you ever broke the £200 mark? Not yet. So this is one of the benefits of being old. All of this really expensive vinyl. There's a chance that I've got it in my collection already that I bought for like two ninety nine at Woolworths. <laughs> But it's not about the cost of it anymore. It's about buying awesome records. I'd rather spend an extortion amount on an awesome record instead of buying like loads of cheap little rubbish ones. Like, and I'd rather have pull out like it's almost like pulling out a big one and it, and then. Uh... <laughs> have you not heard of Spotify? <laughs> pulling out like a wee tiddler. That is. What was that Discog thing you sent me yesterday? The picture. Oh, um, like, like most 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 husbands would be looking at porn, but you're just looking at Discogs want list, and it's kind of like, yeah, that's so right. <laughs> no, that, is, that is my life. So what else have you been up to this week, guys? Um, hot, everybody. Uh, I kind of start to hate workplace conversation where it's kind of like, oh, yeah, it's like really hot, isn't it? Oh, it's another weekend, isn't it? Yeah, okay, cool. Um, I get fed up by that. I've been laughing at the man from Belgium who kicked the ball in the goal as a celebration and ended up whacking himself in the face. I think he's my hero of the week. But I've been terrified this week. I've been terrified to sleep because I watched a, a video on YouTube, the weirdest videos on YouTube, and number nine was something called Blank Room Soup. And it terrified me. So, explain this video yeah. too. 
Apparently this video comes from the dark web, so I don't recommend anybody watches this, by the way. But it's on but YouTube. This is on YouTube. Yeah. No age range. Don't put it on, Keith, please, because I won't sleep tonight. <laughs> it's basically a man with his eyes censored, sat on a chair in a room, sobbing, while these big two, pe- two people and big puppet heads rub his back. What was it no, called no, again? No, 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 I'm going out of the room if you're watching this. So what's, no it, what's it called? I'm not saying it again. <laughs> something, something soup. Oh, Weirdest I'm videos on I YouTube. Quit. I quit. <laughs> Blank I room soup, my, found it. I let you into my fears. I'm going to watch it on Cannon's phone so I don't oh. get a strike against me. Right. Uh, and there's an explanation video as well, apparently. Oh, it's only a minute and a half. It's only a minute. So it's a man eating cereal with, like a, with, a, with a very large spoon. cereal, Callum. What is it? And a guy with giant gloves rubbing his head. Yeah. I'm waiting for the jump scare in this. I'm waiting for an obvious jump scare. Oh, and another puppet man comes in from the side. If he hadn't mentioned there was two, I wouldn't have guessed a second one was coming. Oh, I think there's a whole whole story that goes with it that you have to be aware of for it to be super freaky. Yeah. And that's it over. Sorry, do you... Now, I'm cowering in the distance here. Do you not think that is genuinely the most unsettling thing you've ever seen? No, because I've seen your porn in your garden. I could not sleep because of that video. Why do you find it so terrifying? I, it's horrible. Come on, back into the room. We've oh, stopped watching it now. Apparently there's more than one. There's yes. a series of them. Uh, there's some pictures mean? There's some pictures of the puppet man standing outside various houses as well. Yes. It's it's odd, but it's the kind of stuff yes, that it's kind of, weird. kind of uh, does a lot. But uh, I, found, I found this because I was... I'd been looking at Doctor Who leaked clip. Shouldn't have been naughty. Um, and anyway, put, gave me a load of articles about time travelling and like like cool time travellers, you know, spotted throughout history. So I was watching those videos. A natural curiosity of 10 weirdest videos on YouTube. Uh, click. And then, and then like, I haven't been able to sleep for two nights. <laughs> because of that. That's terrifying. That's honestly, I think that's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. That is horrific. I think you're just easily it's just, scared. I think like, it's, just, it's just odd and weird, but I'm not sure it's scary. Although, you, okay, will you try getting to sleep tonight? Although the way crazy. the way that you set it up with Doctor Who is now I'm picturing them as Doctor Who villains, and I'm just like, oh, that'd be so cool. Could you imagine them just like chasing you down a hallway though? Yeah, 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 Callan, I have in my dreams all week. It just it just feels a bit like more like performance art rather than an actual thing. Again, I think, but I, think I might I might read up on the kind of what the the presupposed background is. Yeah, because it? It, it, it's a bit like Slenderman type stuff. Mm-hmm. It's this kind of like there's all this whole backstory that goes with it. it. It's damn creepy. So yeah, careful what you click on YouTube is my advice for the week. Well, YouTube, the, 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 there are dark places on YouTube. We we all know there are dark places on YouTube. See, I, I know <laughs> I know I know <laughs> want to make a very small. No, the, easy... the, the Geeky Rubber Channel is a bright light in the world of YouTube, and if you've not subscribed yet, we do really recommend that you subscribe to the YouTube Geeky Rubber Channel. 
Oh, where we're going to favourite list of just darkroom soup for about 20, 20 <laughs> views. <laughs> to be honest with you, it's probably disturbing the most the fact that they, they kind of look like Callan Danes maybe a bit as well. <laughs> no, they have more facial expressions. <laughs> <laughs> so this is me trying to overcome it. Bringing bring humour to a fear. Thank you for that weird world of YouTube there, Guy. Callum, one I of you. Need to share. This feels like therapy. This feels like counselling for me. I feel like I need to go away and try and find and buy one of those masks now, yeah. just so that I can turn up to guys just just, just wearing the, the door, mask. Front yeah. door about midnight. Just yeah. like wake up. Just start patting him on the side. That's really the door. Soft. Oh, under my skin. Anyway, Callum, what have you been up to? Uh, I have been just sort of enjoying life in... <laughs> you know what that means with Alan? Uh, no, and trying to be an actual adult for once, and working in an office, um, which was a daunting and fun experience. Oh, it's just his first ever week of being in a proper office. Yeah, yeah. proper little work experience. It's great! Where were you wearing one of your dad shirts, which is like three <laughs> sizes too large? Oh no, I did I did the mistake though. Of, I wore a shirt on the first day, and then it was like... Well, but you didn't no, expect to turn up topless, and everyone would be like, I'm going to be wearing clothes. That's no, not how we do it in an office. I, 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 considered, I turned up in a shirt, and I considered turning up in like trousers and like smart black <laughs> shoes. I'm really confused here. So what did you mean? Everybody just walked around in underwear. Like, oh my god, it's a shot that people come to an office wearing a shirt and no, trousers. Like, like, oh, just if I put my pants on and a tie, I look smart enough. No, but everyone Jesus was like, pants tie and a collar. <laughs> I didn't. Like I did chip and nail. I didn't. I didn't realize how casual like modern offices are. Oh, and no. so, like, everyone was just in, like, T-shirt not, and not, shorts. And not I'm every like, office is still casual. Some of us only have a Friday of casuality. <laughs> Because the guy has a distinct style, but you push the boundaries of what's office wear, I'd say. What do you mean push the boundaries? I look fashionable in the office, right? I wear I wear chinos, a flowery shirt, and a pair of work shoes, but I do turn up in my vans. Wow. So, so I, look, I, look, I, I dress in a way that I could go and be free at five o'clock, and I don't look like a worker bee. Whereas I have to wear a shirt. Yeah, they, you, you turned up to work today and they were like, sorry mate, the canal's that way. <laughs> I was bringing Pizza Express pizza, actually. <laughs> I, do, I do agree with you, though, from a, week, uh, a while back. You said about people that eat Stilton soup oh. in an office. Did you, did you have this experience for the first time? The worst. The actual worst. Who eats, Who's eating soup in this weather? Broccoli and Stilton soup <laughs> as well. Minute, and they're getting comforted by two calamar <laughs> This was... <laughs> was this your work experience, Cullen? Were you just like gently patting someone's back as they ate broccoli and salt and soup? I was making that video, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I bet you did. Do I do? I'm going to get under Guy's skin this week. You well and truly did. Are you going to sit down at some point? Guy's no, pacing. I'm, I'm so hot. He's freaked like out. To... I'm, I'm panicking. That's what I'm panicking. Anyway, I, that can't be me because they're wearing like actual trousers. They're not just in shorts the whole video. <laughs> that, that's true. Yeah. That is true. We don't see one from the waist down, so we don't know. Well, let's not talk about them again. <laughs> just re- them back where they belong. Anyway, just, just recreate that with a close-up on the knees. For those younger member of audience, our audience can't. Callan, what are your five tips for surviving office life in this modern age? Oh, this is going to be good. Uh, Tip number one. Um, Don't eat broccoli or Stilton soup or sit near anybody that does. Good tip. That's the first thing you learn when you go in day one. Yep. Yep. Second. Um, 
Pla- a plan at break and coffee times well. Like a well time going to make a cup of tea and a well time coffee. Yeah, like every hour. Oh, wait, yeah, I suppose, yeah. Don't, you, don't push it too far though, because then, no. then you get then you get known as that person who's. Don't counting. don't spend twenty minutes making a cup of tea unless you're doing a round. That's the uh, only. That's the no, only. No, no, there's number three. <laughs> don't do a round. <laughs> What's a round? Oh, oh making everybody. Yeah. Yes, that's when you get up with your O mug, and somebody else goes, "Yes, thanks." Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh no no no! And, 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 obliged to offer the rest of the tea. Yes. I mean, I, and, and you say it very quietly. You go, "Does anybody want a cup of tea?" No, fine. <laughs> I I I was fortunate. And then you get people going, "Mine, mine," with their mugs. They're like the seagulls. Out yeah. of, it's like, I have fifteen it. sugars, uh, two tea bags in mine, please. Can I have a separate pot of milk? Can I have mine shaded Pantone two one four brown, please? <laughs> I was fine because I was in an office that had five people at most in it at a time, so it's easy to just be like, does anyone want one? Cool. No, that's a Fair big enough. round. I'm in an office with four people, and that's a big round, if I'm honest with yeah. you. And if there's anything I've learned from Mad Men, people in the media don't drink tea. Yeah. I, d- I learned from Mad Men, John Hamm is a fox. <laughs> Actually, I think you're right, because during the whole week, nobody asked me to make them one, and when any time I offered... People just went and made their own anyway. Because you made a really crummy one, and then they've decided not. Uh, I don't think I ever actually made that, anyone. That's one. tip number four there. If you're forced to make tea on your first week at work, make it really badly, because then nobody will ever ask you again, and you are free of the tea room for all your lifetime there, and you can just make your own drinks in future. They probably think you just look dirty and don't want their hands your hands on their nose. <laughs> dirty, dirty, <laughs> coming from a man who's talking about Cardi, you bring out dirty. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, Dutty's not old. Dutty's just chav. Like, pure unexpected. Callie, you're getting shinier and shinier as the show goes on. It's because I've got the light right on my face. Keith is analysing my Cardi right now. I was just curious about the label. And I've I've looked at the label. But I'm most taken aback by the the, the phrase, made worldwide. (laughs) In there. (laughs) It doesn't say made in China or made in Taiwan or wherever oh, it is they make stuff. But is, that, so says, that that rules out the moon. <laughs> Prestige worldwide. Does that just? I mean, it is could it like it, pitbulls, but with guy, Mister Worldwide jumper. I mean, like I've had that cardigan for about like a good ten, fifteen years. I was gutted the day I lost a cardigan in the middle of Birmingham. Fell off my bag. Lost. Gone forever. That was tragic. Sorry, I lost my card. I mean, I would assume that means it's either made in a few places and like assembled somewhere else. <laughs> sleeve is made. Yeah. <laughs> or they're made in several different factories in different parts yes. of the world, so they can't trace them. The, to ca- the cardigan is shipped from China to UK for the hem to be stitched, then onwards to its second destination in Canada, where somebody shows in the label. The other curious uh, bit of information on there is the, the care label, yes. which, which has the words dry flat on it. It's like... Is that a type what? of tyre? <laughs> it's, 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 it's a new kind of coffee. I'll have a dry flat, please. I feel like this cardigan, which is great, has been dissed too much. Mm. Shocking. I like it. I don't have anything yeah, against it. Yeah, keep your eyes it. off it. 
I'd suit it, to be Did fair. Did you have that polo shirt from my wardrobe, by the way? Because I believe I own that. <laughs> you do not own that. I have, because Phil Ellis has seen a polo, me wearing a polo shirt like that, and he was like, it's oh, a very he com- the shirt off my <laughs> I'm back. pretty sure it's from Burton. But then he decided he didn't want to see me without you a shirt on. You want me to check, Callan, rather yes. than you pulling yourself? It's from Atlantic Bay. <laughs> Hang on, Ryan. Right. Oh, it's what? from... that quote again? <laughs> what? Callan pulling yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, it's from um, Atlantic Bay, so that is... Size small, so it's definitely not yours. So <laughs> oh. oh, did he get it from Adams? I bet he doesn't even know what Adams is. No, I don't know what that is. Actually, I think this is from British Home Store, oh. which shows how old oh, I am. He, he just about knows what British Home Store no, is. No, he knows it only from the old people in Eastbourne on the on the promenade. I like the way, I like the way that you're referring to it in the kind of... Past, economic turndown yes. way as you refer to it as British Home Store because yes. I've only got one left British Home Stores yeah, they've only got one, one left <laughs> we've had to reduce our, uh, our high street oh, presence I saw a very sad online. picture online which was somebody dressed in the Jeffrey costume stood outside the oh, Toys yeah, R Us estate waving goodbye was Aww. he wearing someone on the back in suit <laughs> I've, seen that, I've seen that picture with the caption yeah. of somebody's child going where do we go and see our toys now daddy <laughs> from the wonderful Amazon storefront. <laughs> All it's not the same because like we have to go and we have to feel them up in the shop and then we buy them on Amazon. <laughs> and that includes toys as well. <laughs> Leave Jeffrey alone, Timothy. <laughs> That's why he's a giraffe so he can get his. He <laughs> needs a leg height to keep away from the keeps, kids. Keeps me bits out of child range. Keith, I've noticed some paintings in your office. They're not mine. Who, why is there somebody with a trumpet for a nose? Because the project was about noses. Okay. And so. why is there a picture of Theresa May at the back of the room? That's not <laughs> Theresa May. <laughs> Can you tell me who That's that a is? Lovely old lady from a, an old people's home, but uh, from a project a few years ago. Okay, still so not. Maybe it's Theresa May. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, still not convinced me it's not Theresa May at the minute. I did think that looked like Theresa May, to be honest. I was expecting some sort of like protest art, like. Yep, Theresa May. <laughs> And that looks like Boris Johnson in a few years as well. <laughs> oh my God. It looks like Boris Johnson is a woman. I have a fun new game. It's Off the Cuff Entertainment. What's the strangest thing you can find in Keith's office? I'll go first. I, I'm, I'm going first. I'm stealing the giant fish on the wall, which has no relevance to the rest of the image. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm going Keith is Keith is holding up a picture of a rocket with a with... hole cut out for facial yes sticking through. Can I ask a random spaceman? Can it, I have random spaceman? That... Random spaceman is actually a good size for Callum. That would be a full size suit for Callum. I am liking the pottery urn, which has got stars stuck cheese? over it. Oh no, it's biscuits. Okay, so it's I, a platter. I found, I found a Christmas plate. <laughs> it's a platter, not a plate. <laughs> on it. I know. I, I did have this problem last week when I was trying to figure out how I could serve up biscuits on a plate that was Christmas themed. I do like the random vase, which has I don't know what on it. It's it looks like a kids project with stuff stuck on it. Callum, I it think is. You'll find the word is vase. <laughs> do do we all remember this person from our childhood? What do you want about that? that? Was five weeks ago for me. A very hungry caterpillar. It's an actual caterpillar of the very hungry caterpillar. Aww. You can sit on the mixing desk for now. All right, Ryan, what you been doing? <laughs> Getting hot, mainly. 
Yeah, I think we all have, to be honest with you. I got even harder when I got around Keith, so... I, I am still in the amazing Mr... The amazing Mr. Nate Crowley, who you may remember from being on Geek for me a few times. I and remember who's... Nate! Yes! <laughs> yes. Fond memories of Nate! He got married last week, which I got to attend to, which was amazing. It was uh, We had a post... It was a post... Celebration at Dundee Zoo and Castle, followed off by dinner at Chenging Central in town. So it was a really nice day. But um, I there's, but um, Nate and Ashley made a Twitter group together of all the guests that were coming, and it's basically just been a wild ride of these interesting personalities that have been smashed together into this group. Today we came up with a procedurally generated game in the mode of Dark Souls slash Player Unknown Battlegrounds slash something else. What? But it was made out of food. Okay. So pr- procedurally generated food environments. Where you make armour out of lobsters and bits like that. And there's flying lobsters. <laughs> so, just, just to make it a little bit trickier to get hold of them. Yeah, of course. I mean, you, they have tasty flesh, so you want to slow them down. But it was a very interesting couple of days conversation on that. But other than that, it's been quite warm in the office. I have not very had a very interest. Oh, <laughs> I also went to see Flight of the Concords. Flight of the Wildern. Yes, nice. I, I literally had nothing. That was rubbish. <laughs> oh, Keith actually... also saw Flight of the Concords from a lot further away. <laughs> well, do you know what, mate? They they pay all this money for seats. Do you know what? It's about the experience. Well, then, isn't we it? were still ten rows from the front. It's not like we were close, close. Yeah, it wasn't like when I went to see the Foo Fighters and they were literally as far away from me as you are now. Yeah. That was that was close. Did you reach over and touch Dave Roll around the face? Nearly. Very nearly. I would have. Was this was this back when they were good? Oh, that They are a touring band now. They, they've fallen into what oh, yeah. I call touring bands, which is they'll go out, they'll play the hits, they'll release a new album as an excuse to go on tour. Oh, yeah. Speaking of things we saw this week... I went and saw a drift. Go check out my review on the Geeky Brummy website. Oh, what a shameless play. <laughs> and don't forget to check out Callan's post about real bodies, the exhibition at the NEC. <laughs> on to the good, 4th of August. And if you want a real good laugh, check out Dane's radio on Instagram. <laughs> anyway, I think it's yes, time well, for, I'll take all the plugs. I <laughs> think it's time to get into my actual content now. Yes. Well, if we're plugging stuff, don't don't forget to watch out every Wednesday morning when I put out my picks of the new comic books that day. Of course. Also yes. on the Geeky Brimmy website. Uh, check out Vinyl Guy H and see what guy spent ridiculous amounts of money on this week. Do you want to plug anything, Ryan? Well, is Brummy Gormond I'm telling Brummy Gormond is returning very soon to your to your world, so check out BrummyGormond.com for my food reviews of Birmingham and the West Midlands area. <laughs> so we're all back soon. Weird news. Four stories for you this week. First one, from theguardian.com. Second Spanish church falls prey to well-intentioned restorer. Okay, I'm aware of this story. From globalnews.ca. The world is running out of sand, and there's even a black market for it. Okay, scientifically improbable, (laughs) but let's go with it. From 6abc.com. Home abandoned on Delaware Road puzzles police. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for where your next source is because you went Guardian, legitimate source, random letters with .com at the end. Where, where's our final source going to be? 
Oh, when I've seen Triv Close in the fourth new story. Whoops. Hang on, give me a second. If you go to your history. Yes, that's what I'm just Actually, just turn that away. No, we don't, don't want to see your history. history because I know what's going to come up and it is going to involve soup and touching. <laughs> I've lost it now. Doesn't matter. We've got three now. We have three. Oh. I, th- I think this show lost it a long time ago. <laughs> Right, so which story do we want? Let's go with the uh, random restorer. Yeah. Please. Okay. So, Second Spanish Church Falls Prey to Well-Intentioned Restorer. This is by Sam Jones. Okay, Flash Gordon. In Madrid. (laughs) St. George Effigy painted in the restoration compared to Eki Homo Monkey monkey Royce. Does everybody remember the picture from a while ago, which is where that woman tried to restore the picture of Christ and it looked like a monkey? Oh, yeah. So somebody has tried to restore a 500-year-old effigy in the in the Spanish town of Estella. Do we want to see the picture before we go any further here? Yeah. I've seen these pictures already. I've seen yeah. this one, yeah. Guy? Yeah, it's a, it's, again, it looks like Callum Dines. It's not as bad as the monkey was. The monkey it, was terrible. It's not as bad as the monkey, but it still looks like something that would have come out of children's BBC about 30, 40 years ago. <laughs> I don't think it's even that good. Yes. An attempt to freshen up the 16th century polychrome statue has left St. George with a rosy pink face and a bold red and grey suit of armour. The restoration is believed to have been carried out by a handicrafts teacher at the request of the parish authorities of the Church of St. Michael. The mayor of Estella, which is lies southwest of Pamplona in the Navarre region, demanding to know why the council was not consulted before the work went ahead. Coldo Leotes told the Guardian the parish decided on its own to take the action to restore the statue and go to the job to a local handicrafts teacher. The council was not told and neither was the regional government of Navarre. This is an expert job and it should have been done by experts. I think yeah, the key basically, thing here is they say handicrafts teacher... Yes. Not artist. Yes. And I think this handicrafts teacher had never actually painted anything, but was very good at making wooden uh, lunchboxes and other <laughs> paraphernalia like chairs. You know what it reminds me of? You know when like, you have art classes as a child and you make your first paper mache balloon and oh, you yeah, paint you a face paint pink. and you paint a face on it. That's what it looks like. That's what Callum looks like as well. No, no, no. Callum looks like a lot today, but you definitely look a balloon with a face painted on it. <laughs> Right, do you want to have Abandoned Home next, or do you want World is Running Out of Sand? Let's do World is, world is Running Out of Sand, because I, I do not believe this. So this is from globalnews.ca. Uh, the world is running out of sand, and there's even a violent black market for it. By Katie Dangerfield, national online journalist, breaking news, and global news. That's kind of kind of a job description there. Sand seems like an infinite resource, especially when one imagines endless beaches and deserts. But the granular material is one of the most consumed resources on the planet, and it could be running out. Who's eating it? This is because it's using quite a lot of products, such as toothpaste, sunscreen, kitchen sinks, computer chips, and glass. What? Where? Like They've used that last one. Like Most people didn't know that glass was made of. It's like, is it? I'm sorry. I knew. I knew. <laughs> sand is made. From, uh, glass is made from sand. You melt. Gla- you melt sand to make glass. Oh, you learn something every day. I, d- I know. <laughs> I genuinely knew that. Regular but... thing on Blue Peter. 
Yeah, mate, I was a cool child sitting and watched uh, Blue Peter. You, you glass, were watching, um, glass yes. On ITV. Glass, yes. Computer chips, yes. Silicon, silica. Silica is basically sand. What? Kitchen sinks, yes. Can understand. Masonry. Using it as a bonding agent. Sunscreen and toothpaste. Bit of a curveball. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering here whether they're kind of misinterpreting sand and silicates. Yes. As being the same thing when they're kind of just slightly different uh, yeah. parts. By far the biggest consumer of sand comes from the construction industry who use it to make brick, asphalt and concrete. No mention of mortar or any of the other things you usually no. put sand in. <laughs> the big business of sand is actually referred to as the new gold rush by many experts and the demand comes with a warning. The big business of sand is the most boring <laughs> sentence Anybody has ever said or written. <laughs> Sand is the most essential ingredient that makes modern life possible, and we're starting to run out. Journalist and, launch, journalist and author Vince Baser told New York Times, the overexploitation of sand is listening to the disappearance of beaches, islands, and its polluting rivers and wreaking havoc on the ocean floor. Not only that, it's creating a violent black market. There's a violent black market for sand. Come yes. on. Sand and gravel are the most extracted solid materials in the world, according to the United Nations Environment Programme. Formed by erosive processes over thousands of years, it's also mined at a far greater rate than its renewal. Between 50, 47 to 50, 59 billion tonnes of sand and gravel, also known as aggregates, are mined every year. China and India are leading global construction boom and some of the most voracious consumers of sand due to rapid economic growth. I'm expecting us to get some sort of like bad EastEnders plot about like an underground sand dealing rink now. Like the violent side of sand, like black market sand selling. Well, they've answered the most obvious question here. What about desert sand? Which is where most of the sand is, I think. Yeah. The sand used in products is found from bottom of rivers, lakes, oceans and on beaches. Unfortunately, the sand from the desert is unsuitable for construction. Ah. The sand from the desert does not work as the grains are too round for w- from wind erosion and do not stick together and offer enough strength. You need angular grains that interlock and hold concrete together. I bet this guy's fun at parties. Yes. This 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 goes on for I think many, we've heard many, enough many. of this, yeah. Um, I'm just going to read the one sentence under my favourite subheading from the entire article. <laughs> sand Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> this is the remake of The Sopranos we've been waiting I mean, for. I mean, like, what's better here? Sand Mafia or Mafia? I'd say Sand Mafia. Yeah. Because they can throw it in your eyes as well. They have a pocket full of it. <laughs> <laughs> the global shortage of sand has also sparked a violent black market known as the Sand Mafia to steal large amounts from rivers and beaches. Sand is a currency of development. It's even being militarised in places like Singapore where stockpiles of sand are guarded. <laughs> the problem with the sand mafia is especially felt in India where the demand for the grain is soaring but stockpiles are shrinking. The sand mafias in the area take to the resource illegally and have even killed people in their way. I'm sorry. I want a document I want a documentary on this. They sound cool. The no sand one, mafia. No Some people steal beaches overnight. <laughs> How do you steal a whole beach overnight? Do you know what, though? It'd be good for Callan Day. It's more water to use as a navigation tool. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Just waking up at one morning, Callan, and there's no Eastbourne Beach left. It's just gone. Eastbourne Beach doesn't have any sand anyway. It's just rocks. Well, they're just big sand. Big sand. <laughs> you just find this story, yeah. Yeah, I'm done with the sandy yeah, bits now. Yeah, what's your one? 
Uh, home abandoned on Delaware Road puzzles police. How does a home... So wait, isn't a, an abandoned home just where the people leave? No. No, a home abandoned on the road. <laughs> it's not on the side of the road, it's been abandoned on the road. So what, like a like a um, motorhome? Yes. Like a blue family home? Yes. That's not that weird. There is a picture of the home. Oh, okay. It is a large home. I'm guessing that's just some idiot that's just, just forgot blanched, about it. Yeah. Or... Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> Cool. Yes. <laughs> Hard to fake a reaction with Keith Bluefield. Dover, Delaware. Peace in Delaware. Delaware's capital city would know who wanted, who dropped her house onto a two-lane road. Police say somebody abandoned the prefabricated home blocking traffic until at least Wednesday. This is not a joke. The house was draped in a banner that said oversized load. Hang on. They abandoned it until at least Wednesday? Yes. What Did they just go... Well, it was there on Wednesday, and I couldn't be asked to go and have a look again until Thursday. Uh, so, why would they say at least Wednesday? It was abandoned there until, and then there's a definite date yes. when it wasn't abandoned there. Well, anymore. there is a Facebook post accompanying this, but police have advised drivers to use an alternative route before the house is moved. Who, who abandons a house in the middle of the road? Just weird. Weird, 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 weird. weird. I'm guessing that they just forgot about it, moved on. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's time for us to move on as well. Exactly. I am here with the amazing, the awesome, the ultimate, Mr. Adam White. Hello. Welcome back to Geeky Rummy. It's been a little while. I know. Um, I like what you've done with the place. <laughs> the last it's... time we caught you was uh, oh, Southampton, I believe. Yes, yes. Just... We we were sat in a, bombed, a World War II bombed out church whilst people stared at us in increasing levels of suspicion. Yes. We've gone a bit more hipster this week, so we're currently at York's Stevens Street in the lovely town of Birmingham. It's very nice. We've come down to their basement, which is a nice cool break in the heat that is currently affecting the country. I'd say afflicting the country. So, Adam, you're here to talk all things Transformers Nation, which is back with us between the 17th and 19th of August. Yes, it's back at the Birmingham Hilton Metropole. It's been a busy year. It's been a very, very busy year. And now, I think last we spoke... I think I mentioned Stanbush. You you did mention Mr. Stanbush would yes. be possibly um, attending. <laughs> possibly attending, and um, no, he's definitely attending. He's definitely <laughs> attending. Yeah. Now, for people who don't know, so Transformers, and I know it's been in the news a lot recently with the, the TV show, the, yes, uh, the toys that made us. But obviously, Transformers is defined by the 1986 cartoon movie, which hacked off a lot of kids and parents at the yes. time. But one of the things that people remember is the songs, um, especially ones like Dare and The Touch. And they're soft rock classics. Yes, I mean, know. The Touch, that, that scene is pretty much... That's it. Transformers. And remember as well, The yeah. Touch is the only, I think, the only 1980s animated film song to make it into uh, a Paul W.S. Anderson film? Or was it yes, Paul which Anderson? was Boogie Nights, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> So um, it's it's all good, but yeah, we've got Stanbush coming to TF Nation, and as well as doing, you know, the, the standard format of meeting the guests, um, signatures in, included in your ticket price, you know, the standard thing that we do. He's also doing a one-off concert for us on the Saturday night. So this is the first time that anyone ever in the UK has been able to sing along to the touch with the guy <laughs> who sung it. 
And not only that as well, this is not him just on a, like a guitar. Yeah. This is a full band. This is a full gig. And this is in the middle of a three-day convention full of other wonderful stuff. Yeah. So I mean, it's been a busy old year. People may not know what a resident convention is because they're probably used to more like your MTM Comic Con or mm. the London Film Comic Con show. Okay, yeah. So very, so, very quickly, for those at home. So uh, Comic Con is... A Comic Con is like an indoor market for comics. You pay to get in there, then you pay to buy stuff, you pay to get stuff signed, you pay to have your photo taken. You pay little bits for everything. A residential convention and a fan convention is obviously all based around one particular fandom, in this case Transformers. Uh, with TF Nation you pay once on the door, so that's your day ticket or your weekend ticket, and then you can go and chat to the guests, no cost, have something signed if you've brought it yourself, no cost, have a photo taken with them. All that takes is just a bit of politeness, going, hey, can I have a photo taken? So that's that's the difference. And it being, when we say residential as well, it's, it's based at a hotel. You can visit for the day just like a regular event, but it means that some people actually stay there or stay locally. And yeah, it's a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it also means you're not constricted by time. So a normal, as you said, Comic Con will run usually between like 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. So you'll have an eight-hour window with a residential convention. That frees you up a little bit more, gives you time to stay later. As you said, have a concert on, have music on. Yeah, it leaves you a chance to hang around people, get to know people as well. A lot of friends can be made at a residential convention because, of, and this is a great way to meet people. And you have people come from all over the world. It is, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the core, the core for, for people who maybe are coming fresh is that treat it like, like a, any other event. It runs on Saturday during the day and the Sunday during the day. And say all those events are included in your ticket. There are workshops, there's the guests, there's interviews, there's panels, there's a dealer room that will make your wallet bleed. Um, we have, I think, pretty much anyone who sells Transformers online so uh, if it's obscure G1 rarities or the latest stuff from overseas, we've got it. But then for those people who buy a full weekend ticket, that also includes Friday, which is a community day. So it's people who are part of the community, YouTube, Facebook, and uh, some of the um, creative types. Uh, they will host panels on the Friday. And then on the Saturday night, we have like a special Saturday evening event. And that's when you have the voice actors that we've got in, they'll do a script panel. We have a cosplay competition, which has become infamous and famous. <laughs> um, we'll have quizzes. And then there's a bar. And this is a convention that there's a big hotel, there's a, big, a couple of big halls, and there's a big bar. And the beauty of a Transformers convention is there is absolutely no way you cannot break the ice and meet new people by just going, hey, you got a robot there. Who's your favorite robot? Does it transform? I know it sounds a bit silly, but that's it. And it's such a welcoming community. And this is your third year at the same hotel. So it's yes. Hilton Garden Inn, where you've been since inception. Yeah. And it's, it's a great venue as well. A brilliant transport link. You've got the NEC around the corner. You've got Resorts World just up the road for any kind of, if you just want a break for a few hours. It's, you've got, um, got a breakfast buffet to die for you've yeah. got you've got think of this folks imagine a comic-con or a fan event now imagine that in a place where there's a pool that you can use 
Now, obviously, if you're not staying at the Hilton, which, you know, given the, the time you were recording this, yeah. our rooms are mostly full, but you can still arrange to go dive in the pool halfway yep. through the day. And get yourself a day pass for the gym. You get that, get in the gym, uh, go in the spa, have a massage. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that you can do. And there's uh, usually a regular street food on as well, so if you're taking sure. Yeah, there's street food. Uh, there's, there's a lot of places nearby. I mean, even, even this year I was doing extra research. Like, we've got Birmingham International Airport. Yeah. People didn't realize, I didn't realize, in the departures lounge, there is a 24-hour spa. Yep. Do you realize how many problems that solves for people? <laughs> um, you know, with conventions being expensive, people need to save money. So, again, anything we can do to make people yep. enjoy it. But it really is. It's about the community, and it's about a lot of guests that specifically want to hang out with the community. Okay, yes, they will be behind tables when you see them in the hall, but they also want to chill out. They also want to, you know, get to know you, to have a laugh. It is a very casual affair. And as you said, uh, everything's included in the ticket price with yep. the signings and that. So that also makes it relaxing. You don't have to queue for 20, 35 minutes and then empty your wallet. You do, yeah. And, and that's the nice thing. I mean, some of our guys, we can't lie, some of our guys are very popular. Some of our guys, there, there will be uh, a lot of attention maybe when the hall opens for the first time or, or when, when they've just done a talk. But you've got a weekend, and that's great. That means that you've got an entire weekend to queue up to, to meet these people, to chat with them. You'll probably be chatting with them in the bar anyway. Yeah, there's um, no rush, which is a great way. If to there's do. anything that sums up the bar culture as well, is that, for instance, you and I might be having a chat at TF yeah. Nation. And say we haven't met up in a couple of months. And right next to us is James Roberts, the writer of More Than Meets the Eye, and there's Nick Roche of Records Fame. And they're having their conversation, and they're probably chatting with fans. We're actually not bothering them, no. because it's more important that we catch up. Yeah. And that's the mentality. A lot of these guys, we get to know them so well that it's like meeting old friends. It's always brilliant when we go down to the bar as well because you'll see people with their shiny new purchase and the first thing they do is unbox it at the bar straight away, Yeah. share it with their friends, all trying to work out how to transform it for the first time. All trying to work out how to transform it. Of course, you know, you're only hardcore if you don't use the instructions and then five minutes later you desperately need the instructions but somebody's <laughs> lost them. Um, and this year as well, we're going to be sharing. We're going to be sharing the Hilton with uh, a three-day dance festival called Motion City. <laughs> so there are going to be twenty-four-hour party rooms and transformers in the same spot. It's going to be amazing. That, that sounds like it's going to be a very interesting yeah. collaboration. I'd love to see some of the cosplayers do a bit of salsa. Uh, that's the hope. I'm still. We're still trying to work on that. And I mean, that's, that's the other thing as well. People will assume Transformers again. It's a male, male thing. Male toys. Oh, fantastic. Um, no, I think every year, female attendees is growing. Um, we actually have a very, very healthy mix. Actually, male, female, and other genders. Yeah. Um, and it's growing in diversity all the time. And that's another thing as well. It's you won't prejudice, no judgment whatsoever. No, uh, you're. We are fans of robots which have no defined gender that can change into whatever they want, be whatever they want, have relationships with whomever they want, whomever they choose, and define themselves as whoever they want. Um, while I know the films haven't always been the most open, especially the recent live-action films, I guarantee you, check out the comics because they are some of the most progressive yep. stories that you will ever read. So it's good. 
Moving on to the guests, you've got some fantastic people as well as Mr. Stan Bush. Yes, I've got a list, if that's okay. Um, I'm sorry, folks, I just couldn't remember them all. I'm getting old. Um, So we've got, in terms of the the comic guests first, you've got Kei Zama, who's the artist from Optimus Prime. Lou Stringer, who back in G1 days uh, wrote and drew Robo Capers. Megwit Scott uh, from Talola One and Windblade. Alex Milne, uh, artist of More Than Mixed the Eye and Unicorn. John Paul Bove, who's uh, done colorist for Drift, as well as the Hachette uh, Transformers Ultimate Collection, mm-hmm. which a lot of people are picking up at the moment at news agents. You've got Mike Collins, who's done a ton of UK stories. Um, he's even done some of the early uh, UK Transformers stuff, but he's most well known for doing the Ladybird books. Transformer Ladybird books, a part of British culture. Um, James Roberts. Every, every boy between the ages of probably 30 and 40 has probably got one in their life somewhere in their collection. I, I believe the Autobots Lightning Strike it was probably owned by about one in four households during the 80s. It's really quite scary. Um, then you've got James Roberts. Uh, James Roberts wrote More Than Meets the Eye and his follow-up The Lost Light, which has done so well over the last couple of years. Jack Lawrence, who's the artist for Lost Light. Uh, Nick Roche, who is really the godfather of the Wreckers. Uh, yep. He did Last Stand of the Wreckers. Uh, he recently did Requiem for the Wreckers. A very, very important artist who is now moving in and doing a lot of work for Marvel. Uh, then in terms of voice actors, we've got Andre Sogliuzzi. Uh, I hope I got that night. Um, he was uh, Revenge of the Fallen Sideswipe. Daniel Riordan, who was Megatron and Galvatron, I believe an R.I.D., maybe Unicorn. I didn't have that to hand, so apologies, Daniel. And DC Douglas, who is currently in Rescue Bots as Chase. Uh, now, DC Douglas is also known to people as Wesker in the Resident Evil games. Uh, and DC has got some very special things uh, planned for us yes. to go into. Oh, quick note as well, Daniel Riordan, as well as doing Megatron, Galvatron, and a few other characters, he was in Jingle All The Way. He was in Jingle All The Way. Yeah. And he played the original live-action Turbo Man. I think a lot of people still would have a Turbo Man toy. Not no, they do, and there's probably going to be a few Arnie things. Um, yeah. We have two other guests. We have Stan Bush, we've mentioned. Yes. But we also have Aaron Archer. Aaron Archer is incredibly important. Very high up. He was a senior designer at Hasbro. He's had a finger in so many of the series, so many of the toy designs, um, so many of the projects. Uh, he was practically the godfather to Transformers Animated, which was one of the most successful series, and really was as well one of the last times that a cartoon toy series flew off the shelf. Yeah. So he's coming, again, first ever time in the UK. And then on top of that, we've got a bunch of YouTubers, and, and we've got people wearing robot suits. And, yeah, you know. I mean, it, the cosplay competition's probably on the biggest one that's been at TF Nation so far. I think so. It's, it's hard to tell because... We have waves. The people that do it as well are so talented, they, they get snapped up by other things. Um, and in fact, several of our, the people involved in the TF Nation side of the cosplay are now working in the industry. So they're doing stuff on you know, yeah. industry projects. So it's great. Yeah, I mean, some of the fantastic cosplays we've seen, the, the ridiculous amount of size. That, yeah. I mean, you've had to put size limits in to stop people. We've had to put size limits in, yeah. I yeah. mean, my favourite going back, and this is to a couple of years, and this is the, um, the convention that we worked at. So TF Nation is yeah. formed from people that have worked at other conventions. We have a yeah. nice, strong background. And I remember one year, there was, uh, I think, a seven to eight foot transforming 
animated Grimlock. If you have ever seen a seven to eight foot T-Rex, and I'm not talking about one of those Jurassic Park, oh, it's a Velociraptor, look, you can see its legs, oh, it's a bit skinny. This was beast. And um, it calmly strolled up to Greg Berger, who has done the voice of Grimlock in yeah. every iteration, including the movies. Yep. Um, and calmly tapped him on the shoulder. Uh, the guy almost had a heart attack, rallied magnificently, and then just hugged this thing. <laughs> and it was, he said it was one of the greatest moments he's ever seen, because it's as close to a full-size Grimlock as you'll ever get. Yeah. And that was, I believe, from a servicewoman, acting service in Navy police in yeah. America. Wow. That's the sort of scope as well. People literally come from all over the world just to meet their friends and family. You know, that's that's what we are. I mean, uh, people who probably don't know the history of Transformers as well. Uh, this is a Japanese toy line which was transformed by Hasbro in the US into the Transformers. It was, yeah. I mean, yeah, the toys that made us is on Netflix at the moment, and they deal a lot in this. But it was um, American American companies wanting to import toys and you know see how well they were doing in the states. They imported three lines of transforming toys. If I've got that wrong, please sue me. Um, but there's, there's a lot of smaller lines in there as well. Yeah. I mean, a fantastic range. Um, and they then handed that, they handed that over to Marvel. Yep. And Marvel, a guy called Bob Budiansky. He uh, had a TF Nation last year. TF Nation last year. He named all of the principal characters, but I think Optimus Prime. Yes. And gave them all their bios in a 10-day Christmas break. Um, and then it became what it became. It's this huge thing. And you know, um, 35 odd years later, we are dealing with uh, umpteen series, live action movies, constant stories, huge lore. You know, I mean, you think about Marvel and the legacy it has, yeah. and people are discovering that. Star Wars is all over. Transformers is just as deep. And it's ne- yeah. it, in many ways, it's never been as creative as it is at the moment. And so it's, perhaps it's quite deeper than the Star Wars universe. Um, it's it's got the comic history. It's the comic history um, in the UK. We have an amazing. We have a unique thing. A situation where Marvel US turned around to an imprint because a lot of Mar- people yeah. will know Marvel US stories are often reprinted over here, yeah. larger format in kids' comics with a free toy. You've yeah. seen it in the supermarkets. Mm-hmm. Well, go back 30-odd years and imagine Marvel US turning to Marvel UK and going, you know what? You run with this. And we will reprint your stories in our magazine. And that's the only time that Marvel US stepped back and went, okay, UK, you do it. Yeah. So we've got a lot of our creators grew up on UK comics, UK creators, and so we have this wealth of the fandom here. And that's why when I say that some of these events bring together people that have known each other for three decades, they really are. Again, the sense of community you get at, as you say, a residential convention over something like a comic one is fantastic because these are people you will know and grow and experience over that three-day period if you're staying there all three days. But even if you go for the one day, it's still a great chance to meet some of It is, and I'd say as well, the thing, the defining element of that closeness is that you can have people who've been in the fandom for decades and they are just as over. They're even probably more willing to say, hey, are you new? Come join us. Yeah. Do you want to chat? Come join us. Um, you know, we're in a bar. That doesn't mean anything. Your soft drinks are the, the name of the game. Yeah. Um, we're sorry. We're being attacked by an insecticon as we speak. <laughs> uh, 
But um, no, it's so, so welcoming. Also as well, we're getting a lot more families. I mean, families are a huge draw for us anyway. The kids really love the, the toys, the toy hall, and they get, get to meet cosplayers. And there might even be some vehicles outside, you never know, um, including a large one this year. But the parents then realize that the nature of the event, it's such a friendly event, so supportive. Um, they stick around. Uh, you also as well are kids who have special needs or maybe uh, suffer from anxiety. A lot of the people who run the event are fully aware of how that feels. So we try and balance the event to appeal to those types of individuals and make it a safe environment. And as you said, it's platforms being in 35 years now. It's, you can have that generational impact now. You have parents who want to introduce their children to the franchise that they knew and loved as children as well. The, my, one of the nicest stories from um, the last couple of years was I chatted to a, a gentleman and he, he, was, he was there with his son and he was chatting to me beforehand and he said how much his son loved coming to the event. And I, he said, yeah, it was great because his son dragged him along to these events and his, you know, his parents didn't really know what to do because he wasn't a very social kid. This was the only thing he wanted to do. And because they're becoming like four or five years so to our event and to other events, this is now their event too and they love it and they wouldn't miss it for anything in the world and it really feels like family to them and so we're all we're chatting away to them and the father's actually getting quite teary-eyed you know talking about this and the importance of this and i said to the the, the kid the kid by the way who turned out now to be 23 because <laughs> he's still coming to because he enjoys it and, you yeah. know say so we've got people up to 50 60 years old yeah. coming um but i said to him once i said so I think this was last year, the year before, I said, um, what are you looking forward to? And he desperately wanted this limited edition graphic novel that was being released for the first hundred people on the Saturday. And it was, everyone was really desperate for it and he was desperate for it. And there was a worry that they were staying in town, they weren't gonna make it. Um, now, unbeknownst to them, obviously the staff can have preview copies of a few things to show yeah. uh, attendees if they're interested. Um, and I chatted to the organizer and said, look, in this case, can we make an exception? Can we just, can we give this to the guy? Side, yeah. So anyway, I wandered over to him. And um, the father as well had done us a huge favor. He'd found a bunch of lunch boxes from 20 years ago <laughs> uh, that had been designed by a company but never actually released. And he gave them to us. So we owed them anyway. Yeah. But I wandered up and I just wandered straight up to the kid and went, hey, by the way, um, I think you dropped something and gave him this graphic novel. Mm. And he kind of picked it up and he looked at me and then he just walked out. He just walked out the hall. And his parents were like, what's happened? And walked out as well. Anyway, 10 minutes later, the dad comes in. Dad comes in and tears are running down his face. He is so happy. He's just beside himself, but he can't face anyone. And his dad is like hugging us and telling us what a great community we are. It's great. So. So yeah, there, there's a story from the, the rock face of doing fan conventions. Yes. Um, always fantastic to hear from you, Adam. Don't forget Transformation is on. Uh, it is on from the 17th to the 19th of August 2018 at the Birmingham Hilton Metropole. And if you go to www.tfnation.com, you will see everything about us. Just don't go to the staff page. There's a very unflattering picture of me and Scooby-Doo. <laughs> and tickets are available now. So tickets you, are available if, now. And they do go extremely quickly the, so. Sta the Stan Bush concert tickets are limited and they are going out the door quickly mm -hmm. and if you want residential there might be a fair 
small bunch uh, of stuff coming out of rooms. There's, there's a chance that you can you can look, but I would probably I'd suggest looking locally. But there is a, a little map on yeah. our TF Nation page which shows you local hotels and how much they are. <laughs> or you can just come for the day. Yeah, give us a try. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Thank Thanks you very much. Brian Friesel Motor Functions. You can sod off, I'm not a host. We'll be talking all... You are a host. <laughs> <laughs> I am the host, but not a host. We'll be talking all about Westworld. Season 2 has just finished. Our world of violent delights has been on screen for the last few weeks. It's time to get down and dirty with what's been happening in Season 2. Guy, do you want to start us off with what happened? Explain the storyline. There you go. Good luck. I don't know. That's a true, I don't know. You asked the least intelligent member of the team to explain a very complicated story. Can you find that man? I'm personally assaulted by him. He's, I'm filing a grievance. Okay. I don't maybe, know. Maybe, maybe not explain what happens in the show, but exp- tell, tell me what changed between season one and season two. Right, so <laughs> season two opens in quite a curious manner. So we are reintroduced to the character, Bernard. I was going to call him Jeffrey, but then that's actually his real name. (laughs) And he's also Anthony, which is kind of a weird one as well. He's not called Anthony, he's called Arnold, actually. Arnold, sorry. Arnold Lowe, Arnold Webber, it's an anagram, Ryan, it's an anagram. Yes, but he is Bernard in this. So Bernard wakes up at a beach surrounded by lots and lots of dead hosts. Things have gone a bit awry since the end of season one. Spoilers will abound now, so if you are spoilering, close your ears for a little while. So at the end of season one, Ford pretty much massacred the rest of the Delos board. That's Tony, for all those concerned. Yes, Mr Hopkins. In the end of thing, triggered him, triggered his own death. Pretty much what happened in the film, hosts go riot, guests start dying all over the shop, and things descend into mass anarchy. Yes, that's what happened. Is it more chronologically focused? No, no, it's worse, to be honest. Uh, so what's happened with Bernard's character is all of his memories have been jumbled up. There is no timeline to it anymore, and he's our main pathway into the second season. So, But he time-jumped. We don't know what kind of chronological order most of the scenes are happening sometimes. So a bit like my Instagram feed. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like, it's like, a, it's like a period of two weeks, like, if that helps. But we don't know what part of the two weeks this is, so when he's speaking to certain characters like Dolores, we don't know what time frame this is. Is it just after the hosts have started to rebel? Is it midway through? So is it's it not, future so it's, or is it past? But the, the actual... Time span is more condensed. So yes. jumping around, but only over a smaller there, period of time. There are flashbacks to like older things. Yeah. There's there's flashbacks to times before the first seasons, earlier parts as well. So we get to learn about the founding of the park. We let we get to learn about Mister Delos himself and why he's putting all the money into the park. Uh, we learn basically that this is pretty much an immortality project, which is where humans want to be downloaded into a host body and then be able to be transferred their conscious going forward. And it kind of like devolves into a bit of what makes a human a human. It devolves into quite a lot of pretentious ideas. And yeah. Like it, it's, it's a struggle to keep up with it, but it, yeah. Mm-hmm. But is it as good as the first season? Cause yeah. Everybody was kind of went totally loopy for the first season. I would say this is actually a better season from the characters but story-wise it's probably a little bit weaker because a lot of stuff has changed so a lot of the rules that they set around the hosts about feeling pain and how they stop working and how the guns work has been thrown completely out the window just so they can get this storyline progressed teddy was still rubbish i'm gonna emphasize that point teddy was still rubbish so do they introduce any new characters because i know from what, from we, what I'd seen, you, you have the introduction of, of other parts of the yes. park that we haven't seen previously. So we get to see Shogun World. Is it still Shogun?
Shogun World. They didn't even really say if it was called Shogun, Shogun World. Yeah, yeah. More so, it? yeah, but it's pretty much Shogun World is pretty much just a replication of Westworld, but with with a Japanese characters. It, they recycle the storylines. Yeah, everything's pretty much set up exactly the same way. Shogun World was the biggest disappointment. This yeah. series it was rubbish. It was kind of like they even make a joke of it halfway through of when you've got this many storylines to work with, you're going to recycle it through. So, like, you know, the, the scene at the very start of season one where the gang comes into town to take the safe out of Maeve's uh, bar. They replicate that scene, but in a Japanese setting. And then we get to meet the pretty much the opposites of those characters, the, their mirror Japanese versions of it. And what about the one episode where it was from the point of view of a character we hadn't met before in season one? I think it was probably the third, third or fourth episode before the end of the season. Oh, the guy who was in Fargo Series 2? Yeah. I don't I, know how season nine. I, I think that was probably one of the weaker episodes of the season. Nah, it was alright. Did it make any sense in terms yeah. of like... Yeah, it's, it, it builds into the it builds into the storyline, his point of view. But I don't think it was one of the stronger episodes here. So kind of a bit of a fill-in episode. Yeah. But I think the fill-in episodes were Shogun World. And also I think they, they were foolish to show us the Raj, which yes. is another park, but that before was, Shogun World, because that was more, more alluring. That was amazingly yeah. interesting. And then we only get a brief 10, 15 minutes of it on screen, and then never again. That's it. That's where the tiger comes from. So everybody thinks the tiger's from Shogun World. No, it comes from Ra- the Raj. And then it was like, well, I don't want to see Shogun World now. I want to see this one that you've shown me. Like, yeah. this one's new. This, like, the idea of Shogun World's been kicking around for a year and a half, so it's kind of like, oh, I can kind of know what it's going to be. But, yeah, no, no, I want to see this now. So is, as a season in itself, does it satisfy, or is it another one that kind of is bridging to another to the next it's, series? The problem with this is Jonathan Nolan has already said this is going to be a five-season story arc. They ain't going to get five seasons out of this. Two more, I reckon. But, the pro- yeah, as I said, the problem is now... We're still on that cusp of having this typical storyline where it peaks and troughs, but it's like it's always building towards something here. I mean, we've had no resolution about is Ford still alive? Is he dead? What's happened to him? Where where's his consciousness? No, I disagree with that. I think um, I think there was very much a send off for Tony in the end. I think I don't think you'll see him again. I think that was kind of like his goodbye. I don't think you need Tony anymore in this. I don't think we need Tony, but I think he's still an integral. I don't think Tony needs Pardon. to do this anymore because Tony needs to go away and make more Twitter videos of him going crazy. Yeah, but I think it's more he's an integral part of the park itself. He's part of the fabric, so I think he's going to have to be referred back to again and again. He'll pop up. He's, he's pretty much a bit like a false ghost in this one. He's like Obi-Wan in Revenge of the uh, Empire Strikes Back. He just pops up to push the story a bit further along. And, as you said, they've revealed now that this... Is, a, is an experiment to enable people to live forever in, a, in effect by downloading their consciousness into robotic bodies. Is that what's going to happen? Do you think that how Ford will reappear but not as in the physical form that we are aware of? Well, Maybe. Well, we get a bit of that with Bernard. We we have a scene in the show, again, spoil, massive spoilers here, where they open up a room and there is copy after copy after copy of Bernard in this storage facility and it's them trying to recreate Arnold explained it's very weird because the way it progresses is Arnold makes Dolores Dolores makes Bernard yeah Dolores kills Arnold in the original storyline so it's kind of like you get this god child cyclical thing so bizarrely the way you describe that I've not seen any of season two because I'm still behind on season one but you describe that and instantly my mind flashes back to Battlestar Galactica it is a little bit like that 
and it's like well that's kind yeah. of interesting that so it's basically kind of... Arnold creates Dolores Dolores kills Arnold Dolores makes Bernard Bernard <coughs> kills Dolores Dolores then remakes Bernard uh, De- Bernard then remakes Dolores New Dolores kills Arnold New Dolores then remakes another version of Arnold so uh, is this is this setting up a thing where we're in some kind of weird loop that it, somebody's going to need to come and break because that's like a, a computer system yeah. is like a big massive. Well, loop. the the whole premise of this series is it's called the door and it's basically how did the host get out of the park and this is all that it was built being built to at the end of it and it's very interesting the way that that, that Dolores does leave the park at the end. I'm yeah. trying not to spoil the last episode because it's kind of a big reveal there. Let's just let's just say one member of the cast is getting a pay rise. Yes. So what what happened with the whole kind of like host revolution thing they were setting up when Maeve leaves um, at the end of the previous season? What what happens with that? Because that looked like that was where this was going to. Well, go. Maeve then returns to the park to rescue her daughter from her previous memories. Pointless. Which is, is kind of a kind of a bit of a cop out with the storyline to bring. Maeve's character back in, and then you see her storyline actually goes through Shogun World. So that's who is our introduction to Shogun World, and then she finds out she has powers and she can control the hosts because she was made by she's one of the original ones made by Ford, and Ford apparently has tweaked all the original hosts that he's made to be slightly different. Chubbs Hemsworth, host or not? Is he a host? He's a host. He could be a host. He's a host. It's very when this other version of Dolores leaves the park at the end he says a line which is I'm responsible for all the hosts inside the park Okay. and it's very done in the way of we don't have any backstory, we don't know how long he's been working for that, he even says in series 1 I think he's been working at the park so long he even forgets when Ford hired him so it's kind of, it's a given that he's going to be a host Was it a success this series Ryan? Would you agree that it was good or should have just left it? I would say this is probably an 8 out of 10. I enjoyed it. Uh, I think it's not as great as the first series. It's still a very enjoyable watch if you can keep track of what happens in the time slips. I'd probably actually prefer it to be recut into chronological order a little bit. Do you think that Tony's in the bag? Without too many spoilers. (laughs) Could be. Tony in the bag, that's not not really a a cryptic thing. Is Tony in the bag? Tony could be in the bag. Okay. And I think, good old, uh, what's-his-face, Mr. Boring's in the bag as well. Who's Mr. Boring? Um, what's-his-face, Cyclops. James Marsden. Nah, 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 yeah. nah. He's, nah, he's going to come back. He's nah, one he's of the, not in yeah. the bag. He can't be in the bag, and I'll tell you why later. He can't be in the bag. There's but a bag. Enjoyable series. Some balls in the bag, Keith, that's what there is. <laughs> is there going to be some kind of Twin Peaks crossover at some point? <laughs> Um, it's been it's been an interesting ride. Someone copied you. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, it's been an interesting ride. It's worth your time to watch it, but I think we hope we've not spoiled it too much for you. I don't think you spoiled it. I've not watched it, and I don't feel like I've. Um, it's spoiled. a very convoluted storyline. I, I suggest sitting down with a scratch pad to the side of you, keeping track of what's happening and when with who. One of the biggest days in geekdom is about to descend over. Over the pond in the US, it's San Diego Comic Con. Keith, do you want to explain San Diego Comic Con to those who have probably not? <laughs> I can't believe there is anybody in the world now who doesn't know about San Diego Comic Con. Oh, What's be- San Diego Comic Con? <laughs> well, it's been not- used on even Big Bang Theory. Yeah, as it's like it's geek mecca basically. Yeah, I mean it started out as 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 a 
comic convention, um, mostly for kind of artists and writers and creators in the comics industry to um, meet fans and sell their wares. You know, the traditional con. Um, but over the years, it's become more and more a um, film media, and TV comic con, um, yeah. media event, really. So uh, film companies and TV companies uh, have been able to promote their product, which basically comes from comic book sources in a lot of yeah. ways you know the, the Marvels or, uh, and the kind of DCs and all the rest of it even the Vertigo imprint yeah, stuff and, like that, but yeah. now kind of because geek culture has become such a big thing you know they've had you know they've had supernatural panels uh, yeah on there so any TV company um, this year is an interesting one Amazon Prime's getting in on the act and doing a lot of um, transmissions of the uh, various panels, which will be interesting to see where we get, whether we actually get those in the UK because of yeah. the time differences. But it'd be nice if they stream them later so you could watch them. I'm surprised they haven't actually done it through Twitch because Amazon own the Twitch service and Twitch is, seems like more of the natural streaming live kind of place nowadays. Um, yeah, I, I, it's. I think it, 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 it would have been an interesting way for them to do it. Yeah. Uh, but I think the problem they've got with that is that if they are showing exclusive clips and whatever, they're going to have to yeah. pause those blank that content out yeah. while the transmission goes. Because I can't imagine if there's a big panel there and they're showing no. exclusives. I mean, it's it's one of those things that you always get for like a week and a half after any big comic convention now is any kind of leaked footage or exclusive footage comes up on YouTube in the grainiest format known to man. But even that kind of was... It's become a, less of a thing now. Because, I mean... Last year at San Diego, they did a big Infinity War preview for, yeah. for the crowd in Hall H, and I did. I managed to see a really terrible kind of um, phone video of it. But that that footage didn't come out outside of that event, and I no. think they're doing a lot more. Kind of, if you're there, you're seeing stuff that won't get seen anywhere else. Yeah, and they do kind of lock it down. And some of the companies do they do put the trailers out afterwards, but mm-hmm. it's becoming a quite an exclusive event. Yeah, I mean, um, basically. As you mentioned, Amazon Prime, they're going to debut an entire episode of some shows exclusively at San Diego Comic-Con. And it's not going to be released out until the wider public, until release date. I mean, some of the rumoured shows is going to be the new Jack Ryan show that we talked about mm. a week or last week, uh, which is What's-His-Face, Jim from The Office, playing Jack Ryan again. Um the Tick, Mr. Robot, The Good Omen Show we've got coming back soon. American Gods is returning for season two. Uh, Man in the High Castle's back, and they've just bought The Expanse as well, so might be seeing a few of those floating around there. I mean, it is also the place that there seems to be a lot of trailers getting released as well nowadays, so the big one for this one will be the new Aquaman trailer. Marvel seems to be having a very quiet year at San Diego Comic-Con this year. Yeah. They haven't really got a product that they want to be revealing at the moment because they're going to want to keep Avengers yeah. 4 under wraps as much as possible. And even Captain Marvel, they're trying to keep yeah. quiet as possible as well. I think there's a lot of stuff going on in those films that they're not going to put out at San Diego. And I think DC are angling to kind of sweep up that missing element of Marvel because they're going to be um, doing a lot of reveals about their new streaming service, which, again... Yeah. In, in this environment where Disney's going to be hoovering up all of its content from the likes of Netflix and just yeah. making that available exclusively through its own um, service, yeah. DC doing the same. Uh, okay, it's, it's, it's we're getting too many services now. We're getting a bit. Yeah, it's, it's it's going to be too much. And I think um, I'm more interested in the kind of more um, low uh, 
yeah. level stuff, the interesting stuff that we might not see elsewhere. Things that are, um, I'm de- I think Deadly Class is yeah. having a, a panel there. Doctor Who's having a panel, which I think would be Legion's interesting. Legion's having a panel as well, I think. Yeah, I think there's a few uh, interesting ones there. And I, I mean, think- I know the DC TV universe is going to be having quite a few panels, so that's yeah. covering off Supergirl. Um, the Flash, Arrow, and uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, because they've well. got a lot of new stuff happening in Legends. So I think yeah. they're going to be pushing what's happening in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's going to be interesting. It's it, I don't. There's not the buzz for this year for the big. I think thing. because Marvel's pulled out, it's pretty much let DC to lead it. So as we've mentioned, we've got Aquaman. There's going to be a Shazam sneak peek. Is the rumor we'll probably be getting a Wonder Woman 1984 trailer now. The uh, we had some cash shots cash shots released over the last week or so. I don't think I don't think we'll I mean, get a Wonder Woman trailer at this point. I think it's too far too early for them to put it out. Uh, I mean, as you said, they usually do reserve a little sneak peek. We might even get a five one of those five second trailers you hate. The trailer trailer. Uh, the trailer for the, tra- the preview for the preview of the, the preview. trailer trailer. Uh, Venom is probably going to have its final cinematic trailer released ahead of the movie coming out in October. Uh, Into the Spider Verse, we might be seeing a bit of a longer trailer. And this is this is one of the shows that I'm films I'm really looking forward to. And it's a slightly different take on the Spider Man universe here. So we're yeah. going to be having led by Miles Morales here. What, what, one of the things that I'm hoping we'll see a little bit more of. And, and hopefully, because it'll be a return to form uh, for him, is M. Night Shyamalan's Glass. Um, I was just about to say Glass. Glass, yeah. yeah. So I this is the sequel to Unbreakable. Yeah, and well, and also in, in, in to Split, yeah. um, which is quite good. And I've seen very, a very recent poster that they've put out uh, that looks really interesting. And I was a big fan of Unbreakable. It's my favourite of the M. Night Shyamalan movies. Uh, and Split's a really interesting uh, film. So I'm kind of interested in this one, because this yeah. could be the one that... Um, generates a lot of buzz because people have got a lot of love for well, those characters M. Night Shyamalan's not really had the best track record in the most recent times but it seems to be he's trying to rebuild his career back yeah I, d- I think he just needs to make a good movie because you know that's yeah. it's a solid cast it's it's interesting characters and I think that that could be the breakout one for me <laughs> in this year I mean I can't say I'm too that I'm that bothered about the DC stuff I'm kind of mm. middlingly interested in Aquaman but he's not the kind of Aquaman from Batman <clears throat> Brave and the Bold I mean I think it's we've had the consensus on the show here DC's expanded movie universe hasn't really worked out and what the studio said is they've focused now is they're not going to try and push the expanded universe on angled as much anymore it's going to be more about making good movies making good solo movies rather than trying to push it all into some big Justice League movie again returning soon and one I'm quite interested in is the Halloween reboot remake Jamie Lee Curtis is returning to the franchise well, it's, the, it's, it's supposed to be a direct sequel to the first Halloween movie Yeah, uh, the trailer that was, that was out recently okay yeah it mm-hmm. looks interesting, but is it too little, too late? I think for yeah. the Halloween franchise, we've been we've been down this road of of re, you know renewing the franchise before. It looks interesting. It could be, um, it could be interesting. It's that kind of thing that you're not going to get an awful lot more out of San Diego. I think for that. No, um, Castle Rock is probably going to have a strong showing as well. So this is the Stephen. King multiverse TV show thing, basically based around this village of Castle Rock, where Shawshank prison's set, and you're going to get a lot of recurring characters from his book series appearing there. You might even get the Man in Black himself popping in and out quite a lot. 
Well, that's the rumour. That's the rumour. Yes. I think one of the big things that will come out of this year's San Diego is the um, the Breaking Bad anniversary panel. Yeah. I think that's going to do Ten big years? Guns. Yeah. Ten years? My God, that's gone quicker than I expected. So I think that's, that's one that's going to generate a lot of interest when they bring all of those characters back together, mm-hmm. all those actors back together. Yeah. I think that will generate a lot of interest. I mean, Better Call Saul hasn't done as well as its predecessor, but... I think there's still quite a lot of love for the original series. It was groundbreaking at the time. Oh, well, it's because because people can still catch it on on various streaming services. Yeah, I think it's it still on Netflix at the moment. Yeah, people are, are discovering it all the time. So mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's one of those shows that kind of people yeah and watch as, again. And it's a show that builds and builds over five seasons, and it just seems to get better every season you watch. Yeah. More and more stronger performances every year. And of course, we're going to have Funko Pop reveals. Exclusives. So one I've noticed, which you're probably going to like the look of, is the Black Bolt Lockjaw Double Pack exclusive. Yeah, why why double pack it? I just want Lockjaw. He does look cute. He's got his tongue sticking out in this one. Yeah, it'd be good. Still not too sure about the antenna head thingy. No, that's proper. That's what what it should look like. It's all good stuff. I'm just wondering if they're going to reveal any unusual licenses... Um, mm-hmm. Because we're getting to the point now where I, be- I think that there's nothing that hasn't been licensed by Funko. Well, we're getting Wreck It Ralph specials for a start off, mm-hmm. so we're going to get pixelated. Bat- there's a pixelated Batman as well. Um, banana splits, Funko pops. I saw a picture of those and did instantly think, oh, "Where am I going to put these?" Um, yes, they are very cute. What Captain Caveman good? as well. What would be good is Funko put out one with the little uh, cars that they drive around as well. The car <laughs> set of the banana splits would yeah. be lovely. James Wan, Taika Waititi, which is the one I think you're most looking forward to out of everybody else. I, mean, I, I did mean, see that. It looked, it looked amazing. I think I posted a, I, well, I saw a, a sneak peek and I posted that to the yes. group chat. It was like, yeah, I need, I need to make some space for this. It's a funny year for San Diego, I think. Elena um, Terrell coming out as an exclusive Funko Pop as well. Yeah. You just want to own that one, so you've got the Joffrey one, and you can say, tell her it was me. Doctor Who panel is the big one that is coming up as well. So we've got Jodie Whittaker. Is Bradley Walsh attending? No, I think uh, Brad is... Uh, he's like, too busy on the chase. He's doing the chase, yeah, I mean, how do they explain that? Like, he's uh, yeah, he's not here because he's uh, he's doing a rubbish UK game show where they, they put... Um, sort of, where nobody ever wins. Yeah, and they put <laughs> silly puns just to make him laugh. Yes. I'd like to see if that happen in Doctor Who is like the go into the chase universe at some point and Jodie Whisker has to beat the beast to progress. I mean, can you imagine working on say Bradley Walsh? I mean he, he's probably a happy chappy to work with. Have you seen Bradley's bangers on Instagram? Like like you work with someone who was posting that before he got to work in the morning. Like yeah, that's an intense work day. And do you think he plays his album over and over again? I hope so. But what do you think we'll get out of they're going to be very tight-lipped, I think, on this panel. You might get a trailer. I think that's what the panel will finish on. It'll be the trailer, which will be an SDC exclusive. You can't see it over any, anywhere yeah, else. Because the, the Wimbledon and the World, a Wimbledon end closing weekend and World Cup is like what sixth, fifteenth July. Yeah. Show, they'll show that during the World Cup. Definitely. But it's a perfect time to show. Depends it. if England get to the final. Yeah, but they'll show during <laughs> Wimbledon because it'll be like a year since she was revealed at Wimbledon, so yeah, it's appropriate. It'd be nice if we do get a hint of the new theme tune as well. Now uh-huh. we've got a, now that Murray Gold's moved on and we've got a new composer, yeah, um, who's done some interesting work. So I think whether we, it's the thing because it's, it's in America, it's like BBC America's big on Doctor Who, and I think the Brit, British have cooled on the Doctor a little bit over the last few years, where he's only in, where the, the character and story has only increased in its 
intensity in America, so I'm not sure um, it's going to be a very American-centric panel. Because it's such a strong British show, I think that's why it finds its audience in America, because Americans couldn't make Doctor Who, I don't think. I don't think it works in American I know, production. No, okay. It'd be like Red Dwarf, the American production. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work with the British sensibility of humour. I mean, they basically tried that in the 90s with the film, and that went down, like, terribly, universally, and is pan-hated. So I feel sorry for Paul McGann, <laughs> who's, like, the longest and the shortest Doctor at the same yeah, time. he's got a job on Olby now, and he's so... Yeah, but... Which is, like, a second-rate casualty, so... <laughs> <laughs> but... It's it's going to be interesting to see what we get off the back of it. As I said, it's one of those things that getting to attendance is a very lucky thing for a lot of people to be able to get on. It's a lottery to get tickets as it is because yeah. they sell out within minutes of going live. But it's always a kind of thing that the internet celebrates afterwards because we get a lot of content out the back of it. Yeah, I think for those people that are in the Hall H when the big panels come up, yeah, there'll they'll be something exciting. It's yeah. just there doesn't seem to be the. The, I the think because of last year. year where you had the Infinity War yeah. panel and it was all that build-up and you've been waiting 10 years for this Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe to resolve, that was kind of like the watershed moment for San Diego Comic-Con and then people realised, I think that was pretty much the watershed moment with geek culture as well, once people realised it got pretty big actually. Yeah, Yeah. now it's just mainstream, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so like... Top Trumps, woo! We're about to play a round of Top Trumps, woo! Awesome Animals edition. Yeah, so these were in the gift shop at Dudley Zoo and some Dudley Zoo exclusive cards into this pack as well. But they are themed on British zoos and animals that you can find in British zoos and habitats around Did you, the... did you buy an animal shaped eraser? No, I didn't. Oh. There was a very nice animal shaped USB light. But Animal. I didn't Animal. Animal. Yes. <laughs> but I didn't purchase it. To start us off with Callan. His Ooh. name is Callan Danes. I'm gonna go for probably one of my favourite animals and the wow. most objective <laughs> wow category. Cuteness. I have the red panda. It's so beautiful. It's what? so beautiful and What's adorable. The score? 87. 87. Impressive. Keith? Uh, in which case, then, I'm going to uh, throw in the marine iguana, uh, who may look fierce, but are actually gentle herbivores surviving on underwater algae and seaweed. I should do this in the voice of David Attenborough. Fun fact, though, marine iguanas are only found on the Galapagos Islands. Interesting. It's because they can't get a passport. Uh, you want my scores? I've only got a cuteness of ten. Only ten? Only ten. Guy? Uh, Harbour Seal, which is also named for Callan Danes, Water Boy. Uh, yee. Uh, <laughs> cuteness 92. I have the Caracal, which is also the top trump. I did shuffle this pack beforehand. Lies. Not really. Cheat. Caracals are carnivores. They eat hares, rodents, rabbits, hyraxes, antelopes, and birds. Well, they are able, able to jump 4.9 metres into the air to catch a bird in flight. Caracals have an excellent sense of hearing. 20 muscles move their ears in various directions and adjust their position to detect even the slightest sound of prey. Fun fact, which I don't think is really actually fun, this fact. Fun fact, no one should say the word fun fact. A caracal will attack animals that are three times its size. <laughs> Can we see a picture? Because I have no idea what this animal is. Cuteness oh, okay. 90. It's just a cat. It's just a 
Yeah. No, being your no, yeah, no, panda. Oh, you got night as well. You got night as well. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you pick. Go on then. Uh, <laughs> uh, gorilla. Yep. White. Under ninety-one. The big boy. Uh, Who's up next? Let you go, Callum. Okay. So yours was what? Hundred and eighty. Hundred and eighty-one, mate. Hundred and eighty-one. Tubby lad, mate. That is a featherweight. That is a lightweight. Because I have the black rhino. Fourteen hundred. <laughs> he's, he's having a laugh. Fourteen hundred. <sighs> That's a big boy. Yes, Keaty. I have in my hand the Humboldt penguin. <laughs> and a car. <laughs> they weigh a ten. <laughs> they do, they do. Uh, there's no fun fact for the penguin because obviously this one didn't fall in love with a manga character painted on the wall. Uh, there's some other facts about them being able to hold their breath and other stuff. Uh, but it only weighs 5.9 kilograms. I'm going to use my sand tiger shark. Which apparently, unlike other sharks, swallows air to help them float silently while sneaking up on prey. Uh-huh. Weight, 160 kilos. Does he eat sand? It doesn't say. He just says he eat, drinks, has air. He might be contributing to the world's sand shortage. Yes. Hmm. Anyway, you won. Pick the next category. Uh, go on then. What have I got? Um, I'm going to go for... Actually, I'm going to go for cuteness again. I have a cute mo- I have cute cards just by the looks of things. Um, I have the giant panda, which doesn't have a fun fact, um, but it's very cute at eighty nine. Keith, see why I, I have on my card a set of of things here, <laughs> two of which are actually definable, like their weight or and their, their speed. speed. Yes. And then you have things like cuteness, mischief, and top trumps rating, which are just random arbitrary scores that they've given. Uh, I've got the hen harrier, who I would argue is a far cuter animal than me, some random panda. It's just a bird, uh, but I'm just <laughs> arguing. I'm just arguing it because it's, a, it's just a random arbitrary number. They've only given this sixty. You could cuddle a panda. You couldn't cuddle that thing. You could. You could cuddle that quite well. It would claw your face off, but you still done it. Um, anyway, are you sure it's a panda and not a dog? <laughs> All right, guy. Uh, I'm stumped here, so I'm just chucking in an ostrich. Uh, Twenty-three. <laughs> right, I have the snow leopard, which is one of the most beautiful animals of all time, and I think is more cute than a panda. Again, objectively, I seem to be wrong. Only a cuteness of eighty, but you can find them at Dudley Zoo, as the card does helpfully tell you. You can find a giant panda at Edinburgh Zoo. Yes. So, Being cuddled by people who think they're cute. So, shall we get quick flick for the other animals? Capybara, which is basically what? just a giant guinea pig. Okay, Capybara. And they are the chillest items, the chillest animals in What's the world. What's its mischief score? 64. How do they know? <laughs> I don't know, but it's not as bad as a mischief score as the Sumatran tiger, which has a mischief score of 90. But how? Like how? how do they know? Wait. <laughs> When, have, when has somebody gone out and gone, I'm going to check out all these Sumatran what, what has he done? Did he put some cellophane over the toilet of his keeper's... Well, I'd say an aardvark is a more mischievous animal, but yeah. that's only got a mischief rate in a 20. Oh, is an aardvark mischievous? The only <laughs> mischievous aardvark you've got was on the Pink Panther show. Aardvarks aren't mischievous. They can, most quick, animals just go around doing what they we'll need to We'll quickly run alive. through the other animals. So we have the Akapi, which is... A stripy, horsey, zebra. <laughs> zebra. 
they're apparently related to giraffes, but they look like horses. Uh, honey badger. Nice one. They're mischievous. Honey badger don't care. Honey badger don't give something else. What is, what's the cuteness on a honey badger? Uh, only 45. What's the mischief? 85, uh, which is fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speed 29, though. Quite a fasty moving. Uh, giant Pacific octopus. Pygmy hippopotamus. A what? Pygmy hippopotamus. Is that like a pig and a hippopotamus? No, it is a small hippopotamus. You are Aww. kidding me. You went past that um, octopus who's got a mischief rating of 99. They are dangerously mischievous. Uh, sea <laughs> snake. Black Mamba, which only got a mischief rating of 13. What, out of the Tarantino movie? Yes. <laughs> uh, saltwater Crocodile apparently has a mischief rating of 84. They're no- notorious for the whoopee cushion they are. <laughs> Red Kangaroo only has a mischief rating of 21. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a bit cross, they are. Oh, meerkats. The Go Compare mascots. Mischief rating of 45. I'm sorry, really? they're more mischievous than that. Yes. They're all, a cheetah is apparently almost as mischievous I've seen that as one a beer Who pretends he's reading up Tom Cruise? <laughs> <laughs> Peregrine Falcon, mischief rating of 27. Komodo Dragon, mischief rating of 54. <laughs> Fennec Fox, which has probably got the best cuteness rating at Aww, 95. That's adorable. Well, apparently they have a mischief rating of 67. And the Atlantic Puffin, which has a mischief rating of 43. Impressive score. Mischievous animals. Enjoyable. Mischief managed. Yes. Guy, tag, you're it. And tag keeps it. <laughs> I'm not I'm not on. <laughs> You've just been tagged back. <laughs> you're it. <laughs> like I'm right. gonna be very good at it. So you went to watch Tag the movie, which is the latest American ensemble comedy movie, I'd say. Yes. So what 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 are your thoughts? Explain the sim- synopsis of this film. I was drawn to this film because John Hamm is in it. And regular listeners of the show will know that, that guy only, likes a steam town. There's, <laughs> there's only two two loves in my life, and they are Keith Bloomfield and John Hamm. And um, yeah, that's why I went to go and watch it. It's basically a true story about um, a group of guys who've been playing tag every year for like the last 35 years or something like that. And uh, it's kind of like a comedy version of that. And uh, it's got Ed Helms in it. That's right, Ed Helms. Big comedy star Ed Helms. Uh, off of the Hangover movies and The Office, the US right. TV series. Edward Helms. Uh, John Hamm, obviously. Steamed Ham. Steamed Hams. Does he, does he have a scene in a sauna? Because they could have made that steamed he ham joke. He in the sauna. <laughs> uh, Jake Johnson from New Girl. Interesting. Who is, I like. Um, Hannibal Burris, who I love. Hannibal Burris needs more time on TV. He's an amazing... <laughs> great. And uh, and also playing the friend that they can't catch who they're desperate to try and catch over this one weekend, Jeremy Renner. Haw- this is where Hawkeye was during the Infinity War, yeah, playing Hawkeye tag. tag. <laughs> this this explains everything now. We've filled in the Infinity War plot hole. Jeremy Renner was away playing tag during the events that happened in Wakanda. Exactly. Well, wouldn't you? So it, it's a very silly film. But what's great about it, 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 it's a concept that it, it really shouldn't work over 90 minutes, but it, it's just so dumb, and there's no greater pleasure than watching five grown men bound around the cinema screen and fall over in various ways, trying to tag each other. Now that is a solid 90 minutes of entertainment for me. I mean, it it says it's based on a true story. I don't know how much that's for the grain of salt. That's genuinely true. That's, is a genuinely like, true story. It's a genuinely true story. And I love the fact that that 
is a thing that people have been playing tag for all these years. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a bit of a weird part of the film where a woman who's doing an, an old article for the New York Times with John Hamm at the beginning of the film decides, all of a sudden, I'm just going to drop my story and follow you to your hometown to write this story about you playing tag. That's a bit random. But I guess they probably needed some more females in the film as it's five men in the lead roles. So. I mean, this is directed by Jeff Tomsick, who's done no films prior to this. He's, di- he's directed a few stand-up comedy specials I think okay. so he's done one with TJ Miller but I don't think he's ever done anything before it was written by Rob McKittrick who did Waiting okay. which I actually really enjoy it's not the best movie of all time but Ryan Reynolds plays a good role in it he's one of the screenwriters one of the other screenwriters is scrolly 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 Mark Stelline 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 uh, his previous work was he directed the film Wieners nice <laughs> And he's been a screenwriter on Madam Secretary as well. Okay. So it couldn't really get two more different direct options. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a loose concept for a 90-minute film. Yeah. But like, if you just want to switch your brain off for, like, that, that amount of time and genuinely watch I'll what d- is quite a funny ensemble cast... It sounds like it's. I'm going to say it sounds like what you'd expect a summer movie to be. It's ninety minutes. It's out of the shade. You just want to switch your brain off, sit somewhere nice, cool, dark... Mm-hmm. And enjoy, enjoy a bit of screen time. Yeah, it's 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 a silly film. You'll probably see some bad negative reviews of it, but you know what? You just want something fun to go and watch. Go and watch. And if you fancy John Hamm, what? Well, who is your best actor in this? John Hamm. Ob- not ob- even. Not even. Obviously. Hannah, not even Hannibal Buress. Do you know John. what? I, I liked the whole. I liked all five characters playing the guys playing the game. I thought Ed Helms could get annoying. He did a little bit in that movie he made with... Vacation. No, the other one with Jennifer Aniston. No. Where it drug smuggling across the border, Jason Stekis. Oh, that's Jason Sudeikis. No, but Ed Helms in that and he plays like his best mate from college who's uh, a really annoying character in these very short screen time. I mean, you know, I thought Ed Helms would be like... It'd be a bit annoying it. But you know, they're generally good cast... Good film, and yeah, do you know what? I'd, I'd love to be playing a game of tag with my friends for years, you know, it'd be great fun, you know. And there's some really fun, random bits in it, so yeah, go and see it. It's a surprisingly good summer blockbuster. Keith, has Guy convinced you to go and watch this? I was kind of curious about it because the, the actors are solid enough, yeah. Whether it, I mean, it is a great ensemble cast they put together for this one. I think it's got the right kind of balance of wacky and oh, Rashida straight. Jones is in it as well. Yeah, she's always good. So it's a bit of an office US reunion then. Again, it's the, the cast isn't the conventional comedy film cast. I mean, you know, Jake Johnson, yes, Hannibal Burris, yes, Ed Hound. John Hamm has dabbled in comedy. I think he should do more. Well, Baby Driver, I think, is probably his most kind of comedy-ish thing that he did, except oh, no, that did TV that series with, uh, with Daniel Radcliffe. He did that one with Gal Gadot in and Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. The Young Doctor's um, Handbook was very good. Yeah. But I, I, whether I'll go to the cinema, probably not, but I'd certainly probably catch it. It's, it's a film that's going to be on ITV3 for eternity when it comes out on home screens, I believe. And more comedy for Jeremy Renner, I think. Yeah. yeah. Needs some work after he's he lost to, his he, bow. He, he, he needs, <laughs> after to, he's uh, lost his bow and arrow well, and he's not born anymore. He bo- broke both of his arms during making this film. So, Did he? Yeah. So don't, don't play tag, yes. it's dangerous. I'd expect better for the legacy of Jason Bourne. Thank you for joining us on the Geek of Dummy podcast this week. Don't forget you can find myself, Mr. Ryan Parrish, online on social medias, on Twitter, at Ryan Parrish. Yep, 
I was smart enough to get my Twitter in early. You can find Keith Bloomfield at hardluck underscore hotel. You can find Guy Halford at guy underscore Halford. You can find Philip Ellis at philip underscore Ellis. And you can find Callan Danes at... D-A-Y. N-E-S. Radio. Oh, I did it wrong. We need... Oh, we need um, Phil here to do it for me. Danes Radio. Yes. And don't forget to check out the Jiki. The Jiki? The Jiki? The Jiki? The Geeky. The Geeky. Geeky Brimmy social media channel. So we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, where you find your social media, usually at Geeky Brimmy. So at G W E K Y B R U M M I E. Did you forget how to spell it again? No. <laughs> Just making sure that people knew how to spell it. And don't forget to check out the YouTube channel as well. We're sending some great stuff up there, including our little drones video. So don't forget to check that out. But for now, goodbye, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. If you enjoy what we do, then please consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio.